Hello and welcome to Life of Fire podcast, the podcast that explores our relationship with wildfire and how we can better coexist with it. I'm your host, Amanda Montai, and today is our final episode from the International Association of Wildland Fire Conference in Edmonton. That took place in early November, and we've been kind of slowly but surely putting these episodes out. This is the third one, and we were really happy that we were able to pull some folks aside while we were at the conference. Everybody was very busy. There was a lot going on, but really grateful that a few folks were able to um, step aside and do some quick interviews to talk about some of the programming that they're involved with. We were able to speak with Sarah Henderson about some of the smoke impacts uh, from wildfire and how the public perceives those smoke impacts, some of the paradoxes there. And we also spoke with Francis Johnson of the Alkali Resource Management about tribal authority over burning and how they're bringing that authority back to their tribe through the resource management company. So both really cool episodes if you guys are interested in hearing more about um, some of the, I guess, some of the speakers from that conference. One organization I was really excited about, and I spoke with a lot of the members of this organization while I was uh, in Edmonton, was FireSmart Canada. And I was really grateful to be able to pull their program manager aside. Um, her name is Magda Zakara, and she is helping FireSmart Canada sort of develop and scale their wildfire prevention and mitigation programs uh, across the country, um, very similar to the FireWise organization down here in the States. So I spoke with Magda about some of the FireSmart programming, some of their principles, um, I talked about the neighborhood champion concept, which I heard about in Magda's conversation. She was on a, on a keynote panel, and I was really interested in this concept of neighborhood champion. We spoke about that concept quite a bit uh, at the end of our conversation, and we also spoke just generally about engaging neighborhoods, engaging communities in the idea of fire resilience and how Fire Smart is finding new ways to build that engagement and to get community members thinking more about those mitigation strategies that they can do on their own land, as well as how they can advocate for greater resilience at the community and neighborhood levels. So super cool programming. And Magda had a lot of really great insights as to how to build community resilience um, in general and how to get that messaging out there. So thanks to Magda for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. My only other announcement before we get into this episode is that we are starting to develop our 2023 calendars, so check out our social media pages or our website for information on how to uh, sign up to get a calendar. You can pre-order them right now by sending us an email or shooting us a DM on our Instagram page or our Twitter page. Otherwise, they'll be available once we get them in hand at the end of December. So let us know if you'd like a calendar. And thank you to all the folks who submitted photos for our calendar. We got a lot of great images from cultural burns, from small private landowner burns, from big agency burns, from Canada and South Africa, and I believe even Australia. So really cool images this year. Uh, make sure you get your hands on one because they're going to be pretty limited. I think we're only going to get 50 copies. So get one pre-ordered if you want to make all of your office staff jealous of your cool calendar and otherwise... Thank you for listening, and here is our episode with Magda Zakara. I was very interested in a lot of the comments that were made uh, about the, the challenges on reserve, especially, because I'm not yet very familiar with those challenges. I, you know, you hear about it, but that was really something I want to look more into, is... Uh, you know, you talk about First Nations, but there's some specific challenges 
that specific to reserves that Michelle elaborated on that I really want to look into more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Just those like on the ground realities. Yes. As much as we exactly. Um, can you talk a little, kind of what you talked about, what what your focus was in the panel? Yeah. So the panel was about uh, community wildfire resilience and whether we feel that we have a good level of resilience across the country, and if not, um, what are some things that we should focus on to build resilience? And I come from uh, the Fire Smart Canada side, so of course we're very focused on building resilience within communities, uh, right on the ground, at, at the residential level and the community level. So that's really what I was zeroing in on, the fact that, yeah, there's a lot to do. There's, we're by no means resilient uh, like we'd like to be. There's different pockets that are definitely way further ahead than, than others. Um, but the thing that I really wanted to get across is that we really need to be more proactive and not just wait for that devastating fire to impact a community or burn down the community, <laughs> worst case scenario, and and then start to think, oh geez, like we really should be planning ahead and we should be, like no, we've got this opportunity now, we have the science, we have the data, we have the programming, so let's start implementing it now and preparing for that eventuality rather than waiting for it to happen and and then going oh okay yeah we should do something we didn't have the infrastructure in place to make this manageable and equitable in all of this yeah that's interesting i'm 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 interested in the structure of fire smart sure wait did i say that right yeah i was like not fire wise smart um you guys you were talking about ensuring that sort of on the ground grassroots coordination Mm -hmm. but also ensuring that like what's happening at the upper levels are supporting that so I'm curious how FireSmart kind of fits into that. Yeah, definitely. So what we do is, uh, from a FireSmart Canada perspective, is so we're the national umbrella for FireSmart, but ultimately the the sort of delivery of the programming re- really needs to happen at the provincial and territorial level. So so we establish. Uh, committees, chapters, so to speak, within each jurisdiction. We work closely with the wildfire uh, agencies and um, and then we support them with programming. So so that's more of that grassroots piece mm-hmm. where we, we really help them to establish those programs and lead the programs. But then at that higher level, as you just asked about, we have a responsibility to build the partnerships that will help um, build out more capacity, get the message out, and involve more than just the wildfire agencies. And so on a national scale, that's a lot of the work that we're just really getting into is talking to different groups, whether it's the Red Cross or the insurance companies or the Home Builders Association and um, Department of National Defense. Like there, everybody brings something to the table. The forestry industry, they all have an impact, and so let's collaborate. Let's 
pull all that together and build those relationships and, and understand each other. And of course, the indigenous communities, right? All the leaders in the indigenous communities and um, have a huge role to play. So mm -hmm. that that's really at the basic level. That's, right, right. That's where we're about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you were saying, um, something that stuck out to me about what you were saying was keeping programming like flexible, kind mm -hmm. of flexible to the individual communities based on their needs, based on what they already have. Um, I guess, can you talk about how that is sort of implemented in those grassroots programs, or like, I guess at that grassroots level? Well, for example, um, let's take a, a, a program we recently are implementing in Nova Scotia. So we're working with the Halifax Regional District and, or municipality, I should say, and we train them to deliver and implement an advanced home assessment program. That is the first home assessment program that they're delivering in, in Nova Scotia. Um, now their structure is different. They're a municipality. Typically we would work with the province and then they would work with municipalities. In this case, um, the municipality came to us and the, the provincial liaison just doesn't have the capacity right now to run it. So, so we work with them directly and we tailored the program to be more specific to that municipality and their needs and how they can structure their programming, who would deliver it. It may be totally different than in Alberta where that program is been running for about a year now. They have a very different approach to how they implement that program. Mm -hmm. They have coordinators that they hire. So, um, so different approach. So the basics of the program are consistent. How, you know, how the assessments are done, what kind of things we evaluate, that's the same. It's just the structure of the program can be tailored to the needs of the communities. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard lots of feedback around the fact that in some northern communities, uh, perhaps internet access can be a, a problem. And yet some of our programs rely on internet access, right? Because you're going out to the home, you've got your iPad, you're mm -hmm. uh, you know, filling out a form. Well, mm, okay, well that's okay. We have paper forms, so let's give them paper forms. And so it's just simple just, things. Yeah. They don't, they're not hard, but you can do it and just understanding what those needs are. Well, you know, recently we did, we got involved in something that um, surprised me, to be honest. Um, so the Department of National Defense contacted us and said, hey, you know what, we've got these bases that are all over the country. We have people living on these bases there are whole communities on our base but literally down the street you know we're doing training we're we're firing ammunition we we set some of our own fires on our base and yeah we have people in place to take care of that but we want to we want to take a more proactive approach to making sure that we understand what we could be doing to mitigate risk in case, let's say, that fire gets out of hand or jumps over the base and into the neighboring community or, you know, burns down a, a, a forest that, you know, maybe is a, a research forest. Mm -hmm. So 
we got to go to a base, we really walked around, got a great tour, really understood what the structure of it is, what goes on there, how do they manage it, and then now we're working on a template that they can then use to apply across the many bases. And so, you know, just your previous question is, here's a proactive example. Like, they're thinking ahead, they're going, you know, this hasn't happened, but it could happen. So what can we do to, to sort of take control and, and have a proactive plan? And that could be the same thing for any community, mm -hmm. taking that proactive view, saying, okay, let's evaluate this whole area. Let's evaluate our community inside and around the community. What are the risks? What is, you know, what's our critical infrastructure? Do we have an evacuation plan? All those things need to be thought about. What's the vegetation? What are the risks related to um, um, to that fire encroaching on the on the interface? And what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. That brings me to talking about the community champion concept, mm -hmm. which I'd never heard of until this morning. And I was like, I I love that idea of like putting accountability on or like taking that accountability as an individual community member and having the structure in place. This is presuming that I know what this is. I just make contextual observations, but uh, but seemingly like, yes, I will be the person that tries to find these resilience measures that we can potentially, I don't know. Can you talk a little bit about the champion concept, like the community champion yeah. concept? Well, um, and where I, mean, it comes I, from, I guess. Yeah, too. well, I didn't elaborate it on that very much, but um, but for example, we have a FireSmart program called the Neighborhood Recognition Program, and it relies very much on having a neighborhood champion. And, and when we talk about the neighborhood, we talk about a small parcel of, like it's not a whole community that could be a town. And we're talking like maybe seven, uh, 50 to 70 homes, mm -hmm. that type of thing, a few blocks. And so how do you engage those people in that community? How do you start getting them to think about, oh, here are some things that we should be doing and here's how we could be impacted and here's how we can take control? Well, you need a champion. You need someone that's gonna go, hey, you know what? I've heard about these things through FireSmart and they're easy, you know, let's, let's have a barbecue and get together as a neighborhood and learn a little bit more and then, well, clean out all the branches and the, the shrub and whatever, maybe let's all, all mow our lawns or whatever the need is. And that gets the conversation going. And it could be just that simple step. Who doesn't like a barbecue, right? They'll all come together and then they learn from each other and then they see their neighbor doing things and then they go, oh, hey, I should do that too. And then it grows from there. Mm -hmm. So. That, that starting seed. I love that concept because otherwise the seed is like maybe a brochure that they get in the mail, but like how often are people acting on those brochures that they get yeah. in the mail? Or how often are people acting when they see something in the newspaper about something? Like it's really hard to have that action without like some your neighbor being like, hey man, like well, are you considered yeah. defensible space? <laughs> well, and just think like who do you, who do you trust, they tend to trust? You mm -hmm. tend to trust your friends, your neighbors, more so than maybe you know the government saying you should do this exactly. well yeah that's great but you know i'm busy but then when you start talking with your neighbors then it's it just grows from there so i think it's a it's a good source to tap into 
Yeah, and an opportunity to build community, and I think that's like the yeah. coolest opportunity or the coolest sort of potential for fire is to like be something to like right. build community around. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Um. Well, I mean, we've already talked about the the proactive piece. I'm huge on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk about funding, right, and the fact that there's a lack of funding and. Um, I think again that that just links back to the proactive thinking, right? The, if the governments start to think, if I take proactive measures, if we take proactive measures and mitigate against this risk, you know what? That's going to cost us less in the long run. Suddenly, we're not relying exclusively on suppression measures. We we can take some control and um, and really save on, on the, the those measures mm-hmm. and having a more resilient community so so I think that's really the part that I'm pretty passionate about all right that is what we have for you today uh, thank you for listening and thank you to Magda for coming on the show uh, I didn't apologize in the intro about the poor audio quality. I was using a a recorder that I hadn't used before and it was kind of just all I had available. So anyway, I apologize for the the poor audio quality, but hopefully the content of the episode was good enough to keep you around. Uh, So thanks again for listening and just a quick reminder to keep an eye out for those calendars when they come out and to pre-order one if you'd like one. Or if you're in a very giving mood, maybe consider signing up to be a patron on our Patreon. I will link that in this episode's show notes. Um, That's a good way to support us as we continue to try to put these episodes out semi-regularly. So thanks for all the support, and we will catch you on the next one.